Well, good morning to all of you, uh, church. Uh, so good to meet uh, uh, many of you back again online. So I hope that uh, you're preparing your heart right now. Uh, yeah, if uh, if you didn't get to uh, uh, what do you call, uh, didn't get to greet you last week, I want to uh, wish all of you a blessed New Year. All right. Okay. Uh, last week we kind of uh, Pastor Jong as our senior pastor kind of uh, kick-started our uh, Typo Church uh, 2021 uh, team called Love in Motion, right? Love in Motion, you know, in his sermon. And uh, he made a, a very remarkable statement during his sermon. If you didn't get to, uh, you didn't get that statement, uh, let me remind you again. He says that the most important thing that we need right now is the vaccine of the Spirit. And that is God's love. Do you hear that? The most important thing right now we needed is the vaccine of God's love. Amen? That's why we need it. And the uh, Holy Spirit has more than enough for all of us. And it's you surely needed during this time, especially in overcoming our, our, our stress issues, our loss, our isolation, our depressions, and our financial difficulties. Only God's love can and will enable you and I, to face these challenges. Amen? All right. Uh, I know that uh, uh, many of you, uh, if you are like me, uh, it's only been uh, uh, 10 days since we have uh, entered the 2021. All right? It's only been 10 days. But I presume if you are like me, it's been the longest 10 days ever for me <laughs> with so many things happening around us right now. I feel like... Uh, uh, wow, I don't want to say it's like just uh, just so many things are going on uh, right now in, uh, in in all around us. But I want to encourage you as how, how uh, I have encouraged our uh, our leaders that uh, as we embark into uh, 2021, I sense strongly that there is still going to be much uncertainty all around us. But I strongly believe that our Lord is in control. And He holds our universe. Not anybody else, not any government, but our Lord Jesus holds the universe. Amen? And I want to encourage you today that we are in the Lord's kingdom. And we know who we are serving. And there's much greater and surely it will prevail. Because why? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. Romans 8. All right. So that's anyway not my sermon. That was just an uh, appetizer for you guys today. But in line with uh, uh, what uh, Pastor Jong have, uh, have uh, mentioned uh, last week, Love in Motion, I titled my sermon today, Love Break Barriers. If you have your family around you can say, love break barriers. Or if you have somebody in your park or wherever you're watching, say, love break barriers. So my title anyway, uh, suggests that a known fact that all human relationships are a struggle and prone to conflict because of the consequences of sin. It's not you and I started, but it started a long time ago from Adam and Eve. <laughs> it's been a long ongoing battle. And Alex Restaurant in his uh, book, he said that uh, in his book called, uh, If You Bite and Devour One Another, in his book he says that we can trace the unrelenting plague of human conflict through the endless wars and division of human history. And sadly, church history as well. So we're going to look at uh, uh, two men of God today uh, from the scriptures who had real struggles, especially in relationship and also mainly in profiling people. I don't know if you understand that, but I will explain a bit more. When I read the scripture, you will understand. And we can see that how God began to work in their lives on some of this uh, relationship issue. All right, we're going to read from uh, uh, Acts chapter 10, right? So you know that uh, it will be on your screen. So as I will read it from uh, verse 15, right? So the voice, the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. 
This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was considering about the meaning of the vision, the man sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said to the man, I'm the one you are looking for. Why have you come? And the three men replied, We have come from Cornelius, the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all Jewish people. Holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the three men into the house to be his guests. And the next day, Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Joppa went along. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to ask of you your presence right now. God, that uh, everyone who's uh, watching me right now, Lord, I pray that, God, uh, that you will just fill their hearts, their mind, God, with your unconditional love this morning. God, I pray that you will give a rest in their heart. God, they will feel the comfort of the Lord, even wherever they are. Lord, even uh, we are not here together, but Lord, we are together in the Spirit, Lord. Even it is online, we know that, God, you can meet whoever who are listening to me, God. You can touch them. Let your word speak to them very deep into their hearts today, Lord. So I also want to commit myself. Let my tongue be sanctified and, and be used for your glory. So I speak your word today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Just give you a bit of a background. After the ascension, uh, what happened is that uh, uh, Peter, uh, Jesus uh, told the disciples, uh, there were probably about 500 people together with the disciples who saw Jesus taken up into, into heaven. And But before he leave, he told them, he said, to go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. That's what we call that a great commission. All right? So, and right after that, the disciple went back and, and began to, you know, uh, they, they waited because Jesus told them, wait for the promise. All right? The promise, the, what the Father have promised, to send the Holy Spirit. All right? So they waited there. So on the day of Pentecost, you saw that how the power of the Holy Spirit came down over them. And right then, we just began to see how God began to move. And on that day, when the day of Pentecost, Peter went out there and explained to them, this is what has been promised to us and our children. And at the, after he preached, you know, 3,000 people came to the Lord. Wow! The first church pretty much a mega church. <laughs> 3,000 people came to know God. But what happened was that Peter, in all this while, at the, up to this point, he was just still with his disciples ministering among the Jewish people. With his own clan, so I call them among their own race. And in this passage, he says that the beginning is that he traveled actually to Joppa to minister to some other believers. And from Acts chapter 10, verse 9 onwards, you can see while Peter was still praying, and he said that the host was uh, cooking food for them. So he was still praying and he was feeling hungry and came a sort of vision from heaven asking him to kill those unclean animals and eat them. Whoa. He feels surely gross, you know, because he's thinking like, wow, how, how can I do that, you know? But the scripture said, it's not only once. He had this vision for three times. And he was wondering, what in the world this vision about? And the Lord said in one of the parties, he said that, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Right then, he had the three visitors from Caesarea and he knew when he went down to see them what it was. And at that moment, he had to decide how he's going to respond. I call that place a crossroad moment. A crossroad moment. Have you had a moment with God 
where he have spoken to you something and that word or the idea leaves you thinking clueless and thinking there's no way it's impossible and probably at the first glance you might be even thinking that is this even from god now remember in uh, 2014 you know when uh, where we went back for a break back to malaysia and uh, as we were visiting our friends supporters and uh, in one of the church and uh, we met with one pastor uh, after the after our meeting and then uh, he prayed for us and uh, as he was praying he told us uh, he told my late wife pastor bawin he said that you know what? i think you're going to have a second baby both of us actually were in shock when he said that you know why because for the last 10 years we tried nothing happened and by this time if you remember i'm not going to repeat the whole story but in 2011 uh, pastor bawin had a a uh, acute pneumonia and that really she was in a, about 40 days in in a in a induced coma and by the time she came out you know pretty much half her lungs was was damaged she's always breathless she's having difficulty in walking so when the pastor mentioned that she's going to have a child we were thinking like how is that going to be possible that that's how shocking it was i mean today natalie is just running around you know that's just a, a miracle child <laughs> every child is a miracle i believe that amen so in that moment we all will face a crossroad moment in our life doesn't matter how long you've been a christian but we all will face when a news or or something uh even good news or or bad news we will hop we will come to a place of that crossroad moment so probably some of you right now just been going through of it and some of you probably just came out of one and probably some of you going to go into one i'm not cursing but it is just a fact that's how <laughs> our lives are and when they when you come to the place of a crossroad what is so important here what you do and how you respond at that crossroad will determine the course of your destiny and it will also navigate how the lord going to prepare his blessings for you so that to enable you to fulfill that call god has given to you see your provision is tightly connected to your destiny so sometimes we like to pray god bless me this bless me that you know it's not wrong but you must understand when you are asking something from god god from the beginning when you are in your mother's womb he already has a plan he already has a destiny for you and that blessing actually will be connected it's not just for your personal use but it will be connected to fulfill what the plan he has for you and this is so crucial and sometimes he has you connected with some people or some place is very important who are you connected at that season of your life so in my experience when you deliberately expect or choose to come out of that connected destiny you don't expect you can't even expect a similar kind of blessing that you used to experience before or even a greater blessings from god unless god really have spoken to you clearly and you had a confirmation to go for it if it's not wait so why is it a crossroad moment for peter remember he just had a vision to eat something unclean remember he's a jew all right so then when the man came from caesarea they were gentiles all right peter connected the dots he knew exactly what the lord is saying you must understand something the jews don't mingle with the gentiles that's just a fact they consider the gentiles as unclean and even at one point uh jesus gave some kind of a he was not saying the woman is a dog but he's, he told that you know we don't throw uh the child's food to dogs he was just kind of telling them what really the, in the mind of the jews when they see a gentile and at this point peter had a choice 
He was at that crossroad moment because why? He can be considered associating with the Gentiles, unclean people. So he need to make a decision at that point. Should I associate with them, going down with, to them, or should I just walk away? Sorry, wrong number. <laughs> Amazingly, as I was praying uh, about his preaching and this passage, kind of had a, had a revelation, which I will speak to you prophetically. Significantly, significantly, listen here. He is in a place called Joppa. Yeah, tell after me, Joppa. Do you remember who else was in Joppa? Maybe I'll give you a clue. It's in the Old Testament. Uh, another clue. He's a prophet. And I think when I tell you this clue, you will probably understand. Big fish. You want to guess who is that? Jonah. Clever. Wow. You're so smart. <laughs> and remember, God instructed the prophet Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach to the Gentile city so God wants to show them His mercy. If you remember, Jonah went towards Joppa. You know why? Because it's a port city. That's where people get their transport at that time. And you must clearly remember what he's about to do. You know the story. But what he's about to do at the crossroad of Joppa, knowing that the people in Nineveh, they are very evil people. You know why? Because the, the Assyrians, you know, this is what they do when, when they come to conquer your city or your town. When they, after they kill the man, they hang them, all the, all the soldiers hang them on a pole. Put through them on the pole. And right at the city gates, right outside at the entrance of the city gate, they line up this whole pole. They are brutal people. Already God told them, there's going to be a judgment coming. But still, God showed mercy. And he is sending Jonah to go because he's the prophet. <laughs> and he is had a, such a struggle at that point. Jonah was at that crossroad deciding moment. It's understandable. I mean, they were bad people. You don't want to associate with them. And furthermore, they killed your people. What else do you want to do? You want to think they, they will die. God will destroy them. This is what you're thinking. But this is not our Lord God is thinking because whoever did that, they are also made in the image of God. And God wants them to come back. Come back to that place where you know, they will find their true God, their true Father. It's the same for you and me today. We probably might be in a crossroad. We might be in a very difficult relationship. You have a point to make right now, a decision to make, whether you want to stay in that relationship or you want to walk away. The best thing is that to listen, to hear what the Lord is saying. And at this crossroad junction, he had to think, should I go? To the northwest, that's where the Nineveh is, or should I go just to the opposite side? And exactly, he went towards the farthest west to Tashish. Tashish. It was said that he traveled to the city of Joppa to put himself out of God's reach. Sorry, God, there's no signal. <laughs> I can't listen to you. <laughs> Some people think that if they're doing things in the dark, God cannot see them. No, God sees everything clearly. It's bright all over him. You cannot hide from God. Especially him. He's a prophet. He should have known better. There's no place he can hide from God. My dear friend, have you been hiding from God something? Have you been secretly doing things, thinking that the Lord is not watching? Probably people are not watching. But remember, the Lord watches us over. Whether you are a Christian or not, He's watching over you all the time. But he thought, if he go to the further west, God cannot find him. That's how limited he was. But one thing was clear. Jonah's action sent a clear message to God that there was no way he would willingly go to Nineveh. The fact that there's still going to be a journey for you and me and that we all need to go through because we have a destiny. But you can decide if you want to go through towards Tashish and halfway 
through going there, do you remember it, it is from it from Joppa to Tash is about four thousand kilometers, about two thousand miles. That's that's a long way. But halfway, you go into a turmoil where you put other people into trouble because of your disobedience. And because of that, you know, God was still merciful to speak to them. And, and He was uh, brave enough to tell them, I am the problem. Just throw me out on the sea. They don't want to do that. But the thing is that the boat is about to sink. And what happened is that they, at last, they still threw Him. And the next thing is that He was swallowed by a big fish. You know, sitting in this slimy stomach of a fish for three days and night. Jesus confirmed this story. It's not a fake story. <laughs> it's not a fake news. It's a real news. Thinking about what God has done. And then he's repenting. Now want to do exactly what God spoke to him at the first place. We all have a choice whether we want to go through such a difficult way and then come back to the end. Some have done that. We, we have missed the point in coming back. It's okay. But the call is for those who are still going further and further. I want to encourage you to come back to that first love. Come back to the place where God has called you. The very reason He has made you exist on this earth. You have a purpose, my dear brothers and sisters. You are not an accident. Amen? God has a destiny for you. You can choose whether you want to travel the 4,000 kilometers or you want to travel travel 8,000 kilometers. In both ways, there is a journey. You need to still travel. It's going to take time. It's going to, it's going to change. There's, there's an interruption to your cute little life. These journeys are interruption to your life. See, God allowed it. Why? Because you were created for God for His greater purpose. Amen? And until you come to that connection and realization, your life will not make sense or will be fulfilling. You will be doing everything. You will have all that money in your hand, but something inside you will tell or you will feel something is not fulfilling here. But when you are walking in God's will, His perfect will for you, even there's challenges deep inside you, you know you will have peace. You will know that you will reach that destiny no matter how hard it takes. I like what uh, uh, T.D. Jake said. He said that there is something about God often when we pray for change, He answers us with disruption. You cannot have a change without disruption. Imagine a fruit tree. Do you think it just existed there? No, somebody have to go and disturb the soil, dig in, and put that seed in, and put back the soil, and, and, and pour water, and, and put fertilizers, and it takes time to grow. But something needs to change before even you come to a place of where you want to taste that fruit. Everything takes time. Everything takes time. If you're hearing me today, of anybody watching me from Joppa, I didn't mean the Joppa in the Middle East right now. I'm talking about if you're watching me from a crossroad moment, I want you to know that the Lord still loves you. He's not rejected you. That's a moment that we all have. It's a questioning time of your motives, of your priorities in life. And the best thing is that to go back where He has called you. Be there. You know why? Later I will explain what Peter was doing. But when you are at that place, that's much easier. At that moment, it's not saying that you don't do anything, but do what you know what to do, what you can do, until you hear the next instruction. Now remember, uh, back in, uh, wow, 2011, about 2011 and 12, 2012. I remember vividly we were in a, in a mission school with my late wife and I. We were praying about because it, it was a church planting school and we need to pray where God wants us to go. And as I was praying, and uh, actually God began to speak to me about the land, China. 
I mean, I'm a Malaysian. I'm an Indian, right? I'm married to a Chinese. But I'm thinking, that doesn't qualify me to go to China because I don't speak Chinese. I know some Fujian words, Hokkien, but they're not good words. You know, these are the words that you learn in school, you know, to scold your friend, all right? So they were not really good words. I cannot use these words to go to mainland to speak to anyone. <laughs> so I was contemplating God. I said, are you really sure you are sending me to... Because I really don't want to go. A bit of historical background. Most I grew up with most of my good friends are Chinese. But I have this love and hate relationship with them. Because the, no, the more you know somebody, the more you begin to find out their dirt. And they find out my dirt. Alright? So, at the times that we will be like, you know, we're we just saying something bad about each other. <laughs> Not about us. About our race. About... So, I grew up thinking, you know, what? Chinese people is like this. You know, I, I always have this thought. But for some reason, I'm always surrounded by Chinese people. I just couldn't figure out why, why in the world was that. And then here, when I was praying, God is speaking to me to go to China. I'm thinking like, God, are you okay? <laughs> I'm asking God. I think you made a wrong choice. Because can you see my color? <laughs> I'm very different color. <laughs> why would I go to China? God spoke to us about the Tibetans and I've been to Nepal and I was always want to go back to Nepal or North India. And I was telling God, God, please change your mind. I want to go back to, to North India or, or Nepal. And God said that, I made my decision. You are going to go to China with your wife. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, you know, it took me about nearly two months. I, I don't tell at that time to Pastor Bawin yet what God spoke to me. But I was... I was really struggling. Why should I go there? And, and I, you know, I, I like to talk, right? I like those who know me, I like to talk. And when you don't have that language, how can you even talk to them? It is very stressful even thinking about, I can't talk to anybody. I can't speak. <laughs> Except my wife. But that was my greatest struggle. And in that moment, I just have to decide, you know, God, I, after two months, you know, I, I contemplated on my decision and all that. I just came to say, God, I know it's not good. it's not easy for me, but uh, it's not easy for anybody who gets the call to go to different places. So I just went. I just went. I I didn't even have enough money or enough support to go, but I felt like this is what the Lord spoke to us, and I want to obey that voice. And what happened right after that? When I hit the main, like the place I was staying is in Yunnan, in one of the city called Lijiang. It's a beautiful place. I mean. Uh, I'm talking about this is in like 2012, right? You know, they're, they're still developing, right? So, but the thing is that uh, after one month, the honeymoon period, everything began to get over it. Whenever you get to the bus, you know, when you're inside the bus, suddenly you hear the sound. And somebody just speed beside of you and you are eating in the restaurant. Somebody sitting beside you. Make that sound again. And then they speed beside you. We're like, what? What's wrong with you guys, you know? This is not clean. You cannot speed while people are eating. And then the smell. I mean, people don't always, I mean, it's cold. I mean, you can feel the coldness, right? And some of you don't always take shower every day. <laughs> but over there, in months, people don't take shower because it's not a luxury to have hot water every day for you to just, just take shower. And some people, they only will ceremonially, a ceremony, it's a ceremony to just take a shower once or twice a year. And can you imagine the smell on that? After some time, it's start, suddenly get, starting to get into my nerves. Thinking like, oh man, it's really difficult here, you know. I came to love these people, to preach the gospel. And slowly, they're kind of like a hatred boiling inside of me. <laughs> and it's just growing and growing until after nearly seven months. Kind of God just spoke to me. And then, uh, because you can see, I, I'm a bit frustrated in there because I couldn't speak. Whenever people come to speak to me, you know, I, I was the darkest guy in town. Probably the only Indian was there. I, I don't see any other Indian. So whenever they see me, they want to know, oh, where you are from? I, I want to talk to you. You know, they are saying so many things, asking, oh, ni, ni ali the, run. Uh, I, the only word I know is that, uh, 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 I cannot speak Chinese. <laughs> but they, are, they, they speak Mandarin. <laughs> so I, I'm just struggling with these two Little words and, and a lot of frustration inside of me because I came to bring them a gospel but and I can't even speak to them. And every time I have to use my wife to speak anything I have to do, I have to kind of like go through. I don't even know if she's saying the right thing, what I'm saying. 
But the thing is that it began to grow until after seven months, I came to a place of, okay, just surrendering to the Lord. And the Lord began to speak to me. He said, son, why are you so frustrated? I said, you told me to come to China and then look here. I don't have any ministry. The only thing I'm doing, reading, learning the Chinese. I'm not tonal. So for me to learn Mandarin, even if it's four tone, it is so difficult. I'm thinking like, it sounds same all to me. Ma, 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 ma. <laughs> so pastor, even pastor, Chiang always will be correcting me. And this is like, is that nine tone in Cantonese? Oh God, have mercy on me. I'm already struggling with four tones. And can you imagine? Every word I say, the, the teacher will say, no, it's the same thing you said the, the last time. I say, yeah, but it sounds same to me. So all this was growing deep inside. And I was telling the Lord all this frustration, you know, I couldn't. And the Lord asked me, uh, who asked you to come to China? I said, say, surely you, God. All right, I told you to come. So uh, did I give you the next instruction? No, I, I supposed to do. I, I supposed to go and preach the gospel and tell them about the love of Jesus. No, did I give you the next instruction? I presume you did, but no. Did I tell you to do anything other than coming here first? Uh, no, right? Okay, so I tell you what the ministry is going to be. The first ministry is that love your wife. That's it. Loving your wife, that, that's not a ministry. You just marry, you just do life together. You know, why, what, what, what do you mean that's a ministry? I say, no, that's a ministry, loving your wife. Because we've just been married for like 10 months. We already came to mission field. There's a lot of tension between us because I'm frustrated. So there's, I'm pouring out a lot of that tension into her <laughs> because of the surrounding, because of the people. I began to meditate on those things. And the Lord just told me, love your wife. And the next thing is that keep learning your Mandarin. Oh, man. I said, there's two things. Like, and I will tell you what's the next thing to come. You know, it was difficult for me to, to take that instruction. But the thing was, it was a needed thing for me. Right about um, a year later, we had people come to our door, some locals came, and knock at our door and say that, uh, Vic, can you, can you help us to, to disciple us? Can you teach us the Bible? We didn't even look for it. They come and told us, teach us the Bible, teach us the gospel. We want to hear more about God. I'm like, some of them were students, so I'm not stupid, okay? I was just thinking, are you a spy? You know, trying to get us into trouble here, you know? So I, I did some research, you know, and, and I find it, okay, they were genuine, you know? So after about a month, I came back to them. Yeah, okay, we, are, we, are, we can begin now. <laughs> but right after that, we began to see God began to send the people who need to come into our life, and we began to disciple them. Sometimes it requires us to wait. Don't let the disruption to become a distraction to us. Are you hearing me? Don't let the disruption that is coming around you to become a distraction to the call that God has given each of you. Why? Because in the midst of all this, begin to look for opportunity to grow, to minister, to invest, to build, to plan, to strategize, and to reevaluate your priorities. Sometimes it is just an opportunity for us to come out better than the time that we have gone in. Look back, begin to see what has God been doing in your life. And the best days for you is still ahead, not behind you. Amen? Can I hear amen? Your best days are still coming. It is before you. You are about to experience the favor of God like never before. This is the year, I believe so. Amen? I believe that. If you believe that with me, say amen. But what was so different for Peter at this crossroad moment? There's something is so important here. We need to understand. He was indeed led by the love for God as he was hearing what the Spirit of God saying. I will explain what took place. But be led by the love for God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Walking by the Spirit requires an active step-by-step -step daily effort to live the Christ-ordained life by means of the present and enabling power of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, are you currently led by 
your fleshly desires wanting more and more and coveting what other people have? Or are you being led by the Spirit of God to be content and to be generous? It is an important question because we will say that, oh, our economy is bad, you know, why, why give towards God? I remember one time that uh, uh, we were still in, in Lijiang, and that time we were, uh, not we, but my wife, late wife, uh, Pastor Bawin, was pregnant with Caleb. And uh, we were preparing to go back to Malaysia, you know, to uh, give birth to Caleb. And he was already in, in the seven-month uh, period, you know, in her pregnancy. And during in one of our meetings uh, that we were uh, leading, suddenly God began to speak to my wife. He said that, my late wife, he said that, you know, uh, Give that $50 that you have to that sister. You know, $50 is not big. 50 yuan is a small amount. But remember, that is the last amount of money we had at that time. While we were praying to go back home to Malaysia, that was actually the final $50 actually in our pocket. And we were confused. And the Lord said that when to give that $50, we said that, you know, we need for that week, you know, before we think that when our next support is going to come. So we're thinking like, if we give, so my wife's contemplating. It's like, oh God, you know that I'm pregnant. Even I'm not eating. I need to feed this baby. You know, like, you know, she's pregnant. And the Lord said, just give. I know how to provide for you. Just give that $50. So she didn't think much. She came and told me. And I, 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 God asked me to, I said, okay, just go ahead. Whatever God is speaking. You know, she just went and gave that $50. Good thing our home was very close by. We just walked back home. The next day, we got a knock on our door really early in the morning. And uh, one of the brothers that, uh, that, that we were discipling is the leader. He just started a job a month ago. And he stand at that door and came and told us, Pastor, I got something. Uh, he didn't call me Pastor. He just said, uh, Vic, I got something for you. I want to give you this. This is my first salary that I've earned. I was like, what? This is your first salary and then you are coming to give it to us? No way. I know. You need to enjoy that. You know, give what belongs to God. But, you know, you need to have this money. He said, no, no, no. Because the Lord spoke to me this morning that I need to bring this money to you. I said, no, no way. Come on. I cannot take your first salary. That is very precious. That's why he said, yes. But God told me I need to obey God. You know, all this, this is what I've been teaching them. <laughs> obey God. And exactly when they are doing that, it is more difficult for me to receive than for him to give. And, he said, and I say, this is so difficult, but, you know, we, we will receive it. We will receive it. So, so we do, took that money. And uh, because we, we knew, uh, we didn't know what to say. But when we opened that envelope after he left, we saw the amount we needed for both our tickets. There was a lot of money in there. And he gave all to us. And a week later, he came and told her, Pastor, do you remember I was always praying for a bike? He said that even the money I gave you, I won't be able to buy the bike I just have. Somebody just blessed me this amazing mountain bike. It is so good. It is more expensive than what I could even imagine. I thought what I gave you was, you know, with that money, I want to buy a bike. But what God gave me just is just a blessing. Wow. You see that ripple effect? When you are obeying God, even in that difficult moment, we think that why give to church? I'm not in the church. You know, I, I, I just use it. You know, I, I, I should. I mean, thank, thank God for, for a lot of your faithful givers out there. You know, there's some people who just call uh, Texas, you know, say, God, uh, Pastor, we are coming to the church. We want to hand out our tithes and offering. Bless your heart. And for those who you have never done so, I want to challenge you today. Rather than just thinking about your own self, I'm thinking about, I'm not saying that just give everything to the church, but think about, what that you owe, there's something that you need to give back to God. There's something just belongs to God. And when you begin to do that, God able to, because this is what He promised you, in order to experience the abundance from God, you need to obey in the little things before He can pour out His greater blessing. Amen? Because I enjoy doing that. I enjoy giving. Because not because, you know, I give you $1, God give me $1, and I give you $10, God give me back. No, it's not trading this way. When you're doing, that's why he said, he loves cheerful givers. Because when you come, he didn't 
the disciple that we were discipling, he didn't get it, get it in the money form, but he got a really nice bicycle. Imagine your good health. Imagine about how the Lord been providing for you. So think about those things. And here, what was different for Peter at this crossroad moment was that he listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. Don't do something contrary to God's ways. You know why? Just because right now you got the money, you, you, you don't need this job, or, or you have the money, you can do whatever you want. I want to encourage you to always still listen to God's voice. You can decide whatever you want, but there's sometimes consequences, not only for you, sometimes the people around you have to face the consequences of your decision. Sometimes for some people, due to their loneliness issue, they run so fast into relationship. Not one. They run into different relationship. You know why? Because they try to feel that person to feel their loneliness. And some are going into phono phonography. You know what you've been watching out there. And here, I'm not just talking about to the people who are not married here. I'm talking about even people who are married. Facing these issues, you know, when you are married, there some people came to a point where you know they they're not having that intimacy anymore. So what they do, they trying to supplement with something else. Majority of them have gone into watching pornography, and they are starting another new problem. Let me encourage you, brothers sisters. God gave you that spouse. Love that spouse. God gave you that family. Love that family that God has given you. It's not going to be difficult. Uh, it's not going to be easy all the while. There are going to be some difficult. I'm not talking about, you know, some who are uh, uh, abusive situation, then you need to really seek help, do what is right. But there are, there are struggles in, in every relationship. But listen to God, what He's saying. And some of you even uh, who are going through depression have gone into, into, into drinking problems. Some have gone into drugs. You see, Depression itself, when you hit someone, it is an unexpected storm. We didn't ask for it. Sometimes our brain do funny things. We need to pray for those things. But the moment that we begin to supplement with something else, right now, the second storm that you are creating, it's going to be much harder for you to come out than the first one. Are you hearing me? So don't start another storm. Even that is the distraction, don't create another distraction. There's something Peter will remember so vividly here because you knew what happened. He betrayed Jesus three times. You remember that? And before he went to the cross, he saw how he was beaten and, and uh, later he was crucified. He died. And after the third day, he rose again. But during those times, you think Peter was just shaking his leg, thinking about, oh, yeah, I, I, I betray my master, my Lord. Can you imagine? He's the most gung-ho guy, you know, always in the front. He's always the fiery guy. And then here, when everything just, just collapsed right in front of him, he just betrayed his own master. Can you imagine the depression he's going through? And that's why he and his friend all went back to fishing. Like I told you, sometimes go back to the place if you're not sure <laughs> where you probably uh, the safest place you know to be before God give you another. So in that place, and then here after Jesus resurrected, he made that a couple of times. And then here at this point, uh, he came up to, in, in John 21, he came up to the seashore and then he, he just kind of shouting out there, right? He said, throw that net on the other side. You know, when they caught the fish so much, Peter knew right away, even he's far away, he said, that is my master. He swam so fast. You know, he came to him and, and they just, you know, Peter, uh, Jesus took the fish and he cooked. And uh, after they had a meet, Jesus, Jesus had a couple of questions for him. In John 21, he said, the third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him three times. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. 
Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then he said to him, follow him. If you remember the first calling of Peter, it was the same thing. Follow me and I will make you the fishes of men. And here, Jesus began to establish him again. Remind him again. He didn't say, why did you betray me? Why are you so bad? Why are you so like that? Huh? <laughs> he didn't say all of that thing. He began to remind him again. Follow me. Love my, you know, feed my land. Feed my sheep. On the contrary, if you remember, God asked Jonah some questions too. In uh, Jonah chapter 4, reading from verse 9, he said that, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plans it is, he said, I am so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said to him, Have you been concerned about this plant, though you did not tan or make it grow? It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell the difference between their right hand and their left hand, and also many animals. 120,000, that's a lot of people. And if you remember the story, after he spoke to the city, unexpectedly he didn't realize that from the king to the, to the, to the lamb, everybody repented. <laughs> Everybody began to wear sackcloth and ashes, sitting down for God, asking for God's mercy. Wow, what a revival. 120,000 people just received God's mercy. And here, Jonah is so sad because God didn't punish them. Because he was expecting all of them to die. He wanted them to be destroyed. He couldn't understand God's mercy. His grace is much more greater than what we could ever think or imagine. And do you realize, go, you know, I know some of you are already at home. Read book of Jonah and look for if there is any ending in the book of Jonah. Because why? There's the same, when you come to that crossroad, for you and I, we sometimes will make, have to make that decision. If we're going to follow God's way or our own way. And Jonah was in that place. He need to decide what he need to do right now. And there's no ending. And on the other side, on the contrary, with Peter, you can see that how Jesus began to reinstate him to his call. He probably condemning himself what he have done. I don't think so. Even after he was filled with the Spirit, he, he had forgotten all of this thing. But he was still probably facing that. But he is able to, but after Jesus said that, follow me, follow me. And remember, now he have received the unconditional love of Jesus. Amen. And because of the love that he received from God, right now for the love for God, he's remembering that words from the Savior who spoke to him. He said that, to feed and take care my sheep. Change the way he responded to the three gentlemen right now standing at the doorstep. He saw them right now, not your people, my people, your race, my race. He saw them as a sheep. How are you seeing the people around you today? He's not there yet because there's some things that he has done along the way. But because of the love of God, at least he took the first step to take that journey to Caesarea to meet Cornelius. And if you can remember what happened in Caesarea, when he went to the house, you know, he kind of explained to them, do you know Jews doesn't really mingle with the Gentiles? You know, trying to explain to them, trying to tell them a bit. They all knew, you know, what, what he was saying. And then he began to tell them about this promise. Even before he finished his message, suddenly the Lord just began to pour out the power of the Holy Spirit, began to come down. Everybody began to speak in tongues on that day. And that shocked him because this is the second time he is seeing something amazing. For the first time, he's seeing the Gentiles being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because first he thought it is only for the Jews. And now he's experiencing it is for everyone. Hallelujah. Sometimes because of your obedience, God will do something amazing. 
Even it's going to be a challenge to you. But not only you will be blessed, but people are all around you will be blessed. You see, Peter, he received his love from God. And right now, his love for God broke through the crucial cultural barrier that he had. He just crossed over that. Hallelujah. And I understand their families, your family members, spouse, sometimes kids, your colleagues, your employers, some of you for the governments that you are dealing with. It's not easy to deal with them. But rather than moving in our fleshly way, why not you ask the Lord, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Do you want me to curse them and then thinking bad things to happen to them? Or should I move with your mercy and your grace today, God? Because you and I don't live our own life. We are people of freedom, but we are ordained. We are under the lordship of our Jesus Christ. So the best thing you know that before you create the second storm, listen what the Lord is saying. So let me ask you, are you willing for the love of God to do something different today? To walk out of your own circle of what you are used to, to go beyond all details, or whether you have detail or not, but you do it because you love God, because you just love Jesus. Finally, in conclusion, I just have some uh, questions for you based on the passages we have looked, because that begged me to ask this some tough question, I think. Am I currently the Am I currently only been limiting myself in reaching the laws, focus on my own people, my own clan, and forgetting that there are others God has placed around me? How about your employer? You think you are there by accident? I believe God is like, doesn't don't think that you know you don't have the whole Bible memorized, so I cannot speak the word of God. I don't have the language, so I cannot. You know, God will find a way if you are willing. Hallelujah. The second question is that, what barriers are you facing right now in fulfilling God's calling? Is that someone you can reach out today with the love of God without you profiling? Without putting them in a box because they are, they are not your kind. So I can't do it. So, so don't go beyond that profiling mentality. See them as the image of God, just like you. We also like the, uh, the musician to come over right now. I got two other questions. Uh, one more question is that, do you want to experience God's blessing in and through your life? And if yes, then start following God's standard. You see, her Holy Spirit-empowered life is a key to see the fruit of the Spirit displayed in your daily conduct and your inner attitude. And this is the secret from Colossians 1.27. He said that Christ in you, this gives you assurance of sharing His glory. Amen. You are carrying the glory of God today. So don't look down on yourself today. No matter what barrier that you are facing today, there's nothing with the love of God that you cannot overcome. I'm not saying that I have overcome everything. No, there's still, I, I'm, I'm still overcoming something. But I can look back how, because the love of Jesus, until you learn how to receive His love, you won't know how to give His love. That's why some of you, you are trying, but you are doing it out of your own strength. But when you are doing as an outflow from the Lord, you will not feel tiredness. You don't feel that you want to give up right now. But right now, if God is really speaking to you, I really want to come to realization that He's there with you right now. We all need forgiveness, like Peter, and even the way Jonah responded to the whole situation. But remember the kindness of our Savior. Today, He can help you and I 
to move that mountain. He might not move the mountain, although the, the song will say he can move the mountain. But Rod to say that he have now given you the authority. He said that you, when you began to speak, you are releasing the power of God. Hallelujah. So today I want to encourage you to believe, no matter what the circumstances, with your family, with your finances, with the job that you are waiting for the child, college, the child's behavior. Whatever the doctor say. You know, we receive it, but if it's a bad news, I believe that God has still the higher ways. Amen? He has the last word today for you and I. And I want to encourage you today. Begin to receive that love. Would you ask Him right now? Just close your eyes wherever you are right now. If you are with your spouse, can you just hold the hands, uh, His hands? If your family is there, just as a family, come together. Just tell the Lord. And say, Lord, fill us with your unconditional love. Fill us. Don't demand your spouse to fulfill your deepest need. Don't expect your children to fill that need. Don't expect your job to fill that need. But only our Lord Jesus Christ who have gone to that cross who died for you and me. And on the third day have resurrected and at the, at the cross He have nailed all our wrongdoings. And His forgiveness is for everyone. Doesn't matter who you are today. There's nothing our Lord Jesus cannot forgive. It is much greater than our sin. Because even one drop of His blood is good enough to cover the sin of this whole universe. That's how powerful the blood of my Jesus Christ. He loves you today. Fill with that love today. Let it overflow through you to your family. Let it overflow through you to your colleagues. Let it overflow through you to your family members. Praise you, Jesus. Let's sing that song. So take me and find me, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Savior, He can move the mountain. 
praise you, Jesus. I felt the Lord is asking. I felt this more specific to some ministers right now. If you are watching me, the Lord is asking, where are you right now? Where are you right now, my son? Where are you right now, my daughter? I want to remind you again the call that I have placed upon your life. But will you step forward? Rather than saying in that cave, I want you to stretch out your hands and arms to do something that you love doing. Doesn't matter you're receiving a salary or not, but I put it there because you have a call and a destiny in your life. I want you to come out right now. Don't stay in Joppa. You have Caesarea waiting for you. You have something beyond where you are right now waiting for you, but you need to make that first step to come out from your little hole, little cave, because Lord has something greater. And He wants to remind you once again what He has spoken to Peter. Even when I was reading that passage, I went into a tears. He said that, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, take care of my sheep. And even out there, leaders, the Lord has given to you sheep for you to take care of your small groups. Will you step out to fulfill that call to feed your sheep, to take care of your lambs? The Lord has placed under you. They need you. Stretch out. Step forward. Because something greater is awaiting for us. Before us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I praise you. In Jesus' name, I ask and pray. Amen. 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 I hope that you are blessed by the words today. Now we're going to come uh, to the closing of our service. Now pray. or to pray a benediction over you. So wherever you are, just open your arms this way and just receive from the Lord. I'm not blessing you, but I'm just declaring the word of God. The Lord is the one who blessing you right now. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord continue to make His face to shine upon you throughout this year that you're going to continue to experience the power of God like never before. His provision, His protection. I pray right now that He will keep you away from every strain of viruses, diseases, every fear. I command you to go in Jesus' name. May the Lord's favor upon you and your family just be an evidence. So be blessed as you walk out from wherever you are today that you will experience a new renewed in your spirit. May the Holy Spirit empower you right now. Empower you right now to be filled with the love of Jesus. Feel that innermost need right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So God bless you. And uh, we'll see you in the coming week. Bye-bye.